Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're continuing the message series entitled Exploits. Say this after me. Say, God, do great exploits through my hands, through my feet, and through my mouth. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're talking about exploits. We're not talking about exploits in the negative connotation, far as to exploit someone, to take advantage of. We're talking about exploits, and let's put up the definition once again. If you got your Bible app, make sure that you take out the church's app and write some notes in your, okay? Exploits definition. It is a bold, daring, bold, or excuse me, or daring feat, heroic deed, or achievement. So for the past couple of weeks, I've been talking to you about Daniel chapter 11, verse 32. Let's put that up as well. This is the base scripture of our whole series. A Daniel 11, uh, uh, chapter 11, verse 32 says, Those who do wickedly against the covenant, he shall corrupt with flattery. But the people who know their God say, No, their God shall be strong and carry out great, say great, exploits. Did it say mediocre? No. Did it say some exploits? No. It said great exploits. Say, I'm, oh my God, and say, I'm on my way to legendary status. <laughs> great exploits. Amen. So if you ain't been here, I encourage you to listen to the message from last Sunday. And then if you weren't there last Sunday, I want you to go back and listen to the message from the first Sunday. All right, so in Tuesday night, I talked about, we're talking about, so last Sunday, to give you the synopsis of what I talked about last Sunday, was to know God, to know him intimately, not just to know, know about him off of third-party information, but to actually know God, is to do great exploits, okay? So when you know God, you become intimate with him, the stronger you will become. The stronger you will become, that means... I become stronger when I'm growing in my personal relationship with Christ. Everything is about intimacy with God. If you want, he is our father, all right? So you need to treat him as such, okay? He is our father. So let's continue to talk about this. So to know God in an intimate way is to do great exploits. To know him, not to know about him, but to actually have a personal relationship with God. You will do great exploits. Not offer that third-party information to know God. Do great exploits, right? This Sunday and on Tuesday, I talked about the detriment of doing great exploits, which I'm feeling led to continue on Tuesday night. But this Sunday, I want to talk to you from the subject, God with us. God with us. You know, I sometimes think we mistakenly feel as though, matter of fact, put this key thought up there, and we're going to read Deuteronomy afterwards. Here it is. God never calls us to accomplish bold or daring feats without him being with us. I want you to write this down, screenshot it, do whatever you need to do. Because this, this is one of the most important things you're going to hear tonight. 
God never, say never, never. calls us to accomplish bold or daring feats without him being with us. So what I'm telling you is tonight, most of us feel, and I'm getting ahead of myself, that when God calls you to something, he's calling you to it to just leave you hanging. Let's go to Deuteronomy 31 so I can further this point. Deuteronomy chapter 31, verses 6 through 8. The Bible says, be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid of them. For the Lord your God, he is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Verse 7. Then Moses called Joshua and said to him, In the sight of all Israel, be strong and of good courage, for you must go with this people to the land which the Lord has sworn to their fathers, fathers to give them and you shall cause them to inherit it verse 8 and the Lord he is the one who goes before you he will be with you he will not leave you nor forsake you do not fear nor be dismayed God began to lead me back to one of my favorite people in the Bible his name is Joshua I feel and I see myself a lot in that man. He brings me back, not to Joshua 1, but to Deuteronomy. Ladies and gentlemen, the book of Deuteronomy, they call it the second law, but it's really not. What, what Moses is doing is reiterating to a new generation the law of God. And this is to be recited among all the generations. So in every generation, the, the song of Moses or what it calls it, it starts in, I believe it starts in Deuteronomy chapter 31 and it ends in Deuteron Deuteronomy chapter 32. And so th this would be, to, this, it was set in place so it can be recited in the hearing of all of Israel to gen from generation to generation. Oh man, from generation to generation that is what it was installed for and installed to do and so Moses is transitioning now he's transitioning off of the scene and he's getting them ready and prepared to inherit and to go take and do great exploits in the land of which God had promised them Ladies and gentlemen, I feel like my job is tonight to get you ready for what this summer is about to in detail. To get us ready, TCF, for what we've been praying for become a reality. To get you ready for the things that you've been praying for to become a reality. And the very fact of the matter is, is that if you don't get it through your mind, that God is with you, then you'll never do anything. The Bible says this is one of the names of Jesus. He is to be called Emmanuel. God with us. Not God that's sometimes with us. Not a God that is never with us. It says that a God who's always present. 
The Bible says that God is omnipresent. He can be everywhere at one time. The Bible also decrees and declares in the, in the Psalms that wherever I, if I make my bed in hell, you're there. So, ladies and gentlemen, there's nowhere you can run from the presence of God. Hallelujah. I don't care what you're going through right now. If you try to get out of the presence of God, the Bible says that the eyes of the Lord goes to and fro. Hallelujah. There's nowhere that you can escape from the eyes of God. Hallelujah. And so Moses is here. Hallelujah. Moses is here. And here's the thing. It's a transitioning between God. The Bible says in Deuteronomy chapter here in Deuteronomy chapter 31, the Bible would make it clear that Moses is saying, I can't go with you like I have. It wasn't that Moses was weak in strength, ladies and gentlemen, even though he was 120 years old, because it makes it very clear that Moses climbed up, walked up the mountain and he saw the land from afar. Ladies and gentlemen, I would not want that to be the story of your life. One of the most, oh my God, one of the most scenes of the Bible that stands out to me is that Moses on the end of his life, looking out of what was supposed to be his and what was supposed to be his promise to see something from afar and never walk into it. One of my biggest fears in life is to get up and walk and get to my end of my rope and I begin to see things that I should have done and I never did it because I made excuses for myself. To see things from afar that I should have done but I was so scared and timid to do one of the most scenes of the Bible that stands out to me is that God tell them oh my God you're not going you're not going to walk into it but I'll show you it God he said you know what you're not going to walk but I'm going to show you how far and how vast this land is Moses' time of doing exploits, he could have done more. Whew. He could have done more, but out of frustration, out of his anger, out of his disobedience, of, instead of speaking to the rock, he strikes the rock. And he does it publicly in front of all of Israel, and that's what upset God. Because God's saying, I cannot allow the leader of these people who are already fickled anyway to think that the leader going to go in because of his disobedience. That don't work like that. Sorry, Moses. I love you, but I can't let you do it. I can't let you go in there. And so Joshua and this new, the, the new group of the children of Israel, the kids of the parents, are now grown and matured enough to take on the land. Why would God wait another 40 years? Because they weren't ready yet. They were not matured. Hallelujah. Oh my God. You have to think when God made that announcement, he said every person from under 20 and below will walk into the promised land outside of Joseph and Caleb. Think about how old these children were. They were children. They were children while they were enslaved in Egypt. So they knew a little bit about what's going on. However, this is foreign to them. <laughs> and so Moses is here and he's telling them, 
and he's charging them in all of the book of the book of Deuteronomy. He begins to tell them blessings and pronounce blessings, but he also tells them about the curses. He begins to tell them about the history of their parents and their forefathers. You have to think they were under this enslavement for about 400 some years. And so he's letting them know how, how it was in Egypt and the great things God did at their behalf. The exploits that God did in front of them. And not only did the exploits that God do in front of them, but the exploits that God did through Moses. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When you get to the end of your rope, you need to remind your children and your children's children what God did for us. Not only what God did for us, but what God did through their mother. What God did through their father. Remind them. Because if you don't, You'll raise another generation who's ignorant of the things of God. Moses is at the end of his life, and, he's, and, he's, and he has a short amount of time to get all of this done. And so Moses is there, and he charges first the people of Israel. In verse, seven, he in verse 6, excuse me, he charges them to not be afraid nor to be dismayed. Listen here, God never again tells you to do something that he is not going to be with you. What for? If he tells you to do it without him, then that means he's not going to get glory. You want to know why? It's because what most of us will think, will think it will think like it happened on our own accord. I'm going to preach this next Sunday. But here's the thing. In Judges chapter 7, God tells Gideon, hallelujah, I want you to get rid of some of your men and the troops. Too many of you. God, I praise you tonight. Hallelujah. That's why I don't get mad with the few that we have in the room. Because it don't take many to, to, to knock down the kingdom of darkness. It only takes down a couple of willing folk. Come on, somebody. Here's the thing. God says too many of them. Cuts it down to 10,000. Man, still too many of y'all. Now I want you to say, any man who, take him down to the well, any man who laps like a dog, or if any person get on their knees to lap the water, put them in those two bunches. After they did that, the men who lapped the water like a dog is the one who said, I need them. It was 300 of them. The ones who got on their knees, God says, send them back home. And the reason why he told them to do that, because if you didn't, Israel would think that they did it. That's why I don't want none of them. <laughs> if, they, if, we, if they fought in the full numbers they had, Israel would get cocky and arrogant to the point to think that it was them. Ladies and gentlemen, all throughout the book of Judges, you see that Israel has gone between being free and being captive. Yeah. 
And so this is God's grace to say, before they go into captivity, let me help save them. <laughs> let me help them understand that it ain't you. Listen here. I don't care how great you think you are. Listen here, sir. Listen here, ma'am. You are nothing without God. John chapter 15, verse 5. Jesus makes it plain. He reiterates the same, the same truth. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, what does that say, people? I want you to make it personally. Take the you out of it and say, without me, I can do nothing. You can't do nothing. Nothing. You can't do it. The reality is, ladies and gentlemen, every time God calls us to something, we first run to the idea, oh, my God, I can't do this. I can't do that. I can't do this. Uh, blah, 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 da, 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 da. We give them all of this, yada, 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 da, 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 da. And you know what I'm saying? Like, I never asked for all of that. I said, are you willing to do this, this, and that? Because God is not throwing you out there alone. God is concerned about one thing, and one thing only is his glory. So to throw you out there and you just think you're going to do it by yourself does not give him any satisfaction in that. But what does give God satisfaction is using the foolish things of this world. Hallelujah. It's foolish. The reason why God would use somebody who, who, off, who just got off the street. It's foolish to think that God would use some of us at this age to do what we're going to do in this region. It's foolish to people, but God, oh my God, God glories in that because it's the foolish things of this world. It's, oh my God, it's what confounds the wise. They're dumbfounded because they were trying to figure out why would God use somebody like you because of your past, because of where you come from, because of your family. I thank God tonight that it doesn't matter what family you come from. It don't matter what background you had. It doesn't matter about your mistakes. It doesn't matter what you done last night. It does not stop what God wants to do in your life. Hallelujah. It's not determined by man. God using you is not determined by anybody. Because if man determined it, you wouldn't do anything. Hallelujah. It's not concerning man. God says, I want you to get rid of them. And they beat them with 300 men. Matter of fact, that's the goal in five years. 300 300 can turn to 3,000. 3,000 can turn to 13,000. 13,000 can turn to 33,000. And so on and so on. Ladies and gentlemen, the reality is this. Number one, I would like to make plain in front of you tonight as I continue to go through these points. Put number one up there. We have courage to do great exploits because we have the abiding presence of the Spirit of God 
with us. I'm surrounded by the presence of God. He tells them more than once, do not be fearful nor be dismayed. Don't be afraid of the giants that are in your land. They're in your territory. They're in your space. They're occupying what's yours. What are you doing? What are you going to be? Why would I be afraid of someone who got what I had, got what's mine? That doesn't make sense to me. Why would I come like a punk versus person who got what is mine? That's my treasure. That's my promise on the line. Oh, my God. You got to get bold with the enemies that think they can occupy space in the place that is yours. Hallelujah. You got to speak over your body. Hallelujah. Y'all aren't ready for this tonight. You got to speak over your body. You got to speak over yourself and say there is none of that stuff going to reside in this temple here. Hallelujah. Those demons that tried to occupy me, that little lust, ain't going to happen no more because this is my temple. My body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. That's not going to occupy me. You got to think, oh my God, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. A lot of things are held up in the realm of human will. You got to speak over certain things. You got promotions that are laying on people's tables. You better pray and you better speak the word over it and tell them right now in the name of Jesus, let it come off of their table. Do what they need to do. And if they don't, oh my God, you then you need to get bold with them. That's mine. Why am I going to be afraid of someone that is occupying my, my stuff. God is with us. Ladies and gentlemen, do you not understand? In the book of Exodus chapter 33. In the book of Exodus chapter 33, 14 verses, verses 14 through 16. Uh, um, this is what God said. And he said, because you see that the H is capitalized. My presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Let me stop here. Why do we trip out over life circumstances when the Bible says his presence is with us and I will give you rest? I will give you perfect peace if your mind is stayed on me. The reason why you're not having no rest is because your mind is not on Christ. Hallelujah. The reason why you don't got no peace like you should because your focus is on all your bills. Your focus is on the wrong things. Let me tell you something. That'll work itself out. Hallelujah. Verse 15 says, then he said to him, if your presence does not go with me. Now, this is what Moses said to God. If your presence does not go with us, do not bring me. Do not bring us up from here. Let me tell you something. Hallelujah. When God is when God is calling you to do something, when God, you got to tell God, listen, I'll do it. But under one condition, hallelujah, hallelujah, I got one condition for you, God. If I do this, you can't leave me out here alone, hallelujah. One of the biggest things I said to God, hallelujah, before this church was even started, I said, God, okay, I'll do it. But I got one thing for you, Lord. Don't leave me out here by myself, hallelujah. If I step out here, don't leave me out here by myself. I got 
don't know if I go out here I need you to meet me here cause if you don't meet me here I will second guess and I'll quit but if you meet me there I know I'll come where you are I know I'll be satisfied where you are if you oh my god if you ask me to do it if you meet me here I'll do it Hallelujah. You don't want to be anywhere where the presence of God isn't. Hallelujah. If the presence ain't, of God ain't there, then you need to be out of there. Hallelujah. You need to come out of that place because at the end of the day, guess what? You ain't going to find no rest there. All you going to have is a headache. You need to come out of places where the presence of God is not there. You need to come and stop dealing with people that don't got the presence of God in them. Get out. Come out of there. Hallelujah come out of there hallelujah what fellowship come on preach Brandon does light have with darkness get out of there hallelujah what fellowship do they have with darkness hallelujah and the Bible says in verse 16 it says for how then will it be known that you that your people and I have found grace in your sight, except you go with us. See, this is how I know that favor is with us, TCF. Because there's not a Sunday where God's presence don't meet us here. Come on, somebody. There's not a day, there's not a Sunday, there is not a Tuesday when God's presence is not here. And that because I know his presence is here, I know there's only a matter of time. Let me tell you something, there's demons and there's principalities that are trying to hold it up. But as long as the presence of God is there, as long as he's with us, what do I have to be afraid of? God's presence is with me. His abiding presence is with me. What am I, what am I, let me tell you something. They, oh my God, let me, let me move. Let me move. So we shall be separate, your people and I, from all the people who are upon the face of the earth. Moses is saying, how will we know except your presence is there? Let me tell you something. Let me find favor there. Hallelujah. Let me find favor there. Hallelujah. I'm not going to come up from here. See, there are certain decisions you shouldn't make. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Unless you know the presence of God will be there. Oh, my God. My Abraham, go to a land which I shall show you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There, you're going to be a father of many nations. And guess what? When he got up, he left. Because he knew the presence of God is going to meet him fair. God, I praise you. Hallelujah. Matter of fact, the Bible would tell him, and that's what Moses was making clear to them, that, oh, my God, that God, the spirit of God was a cloud by day. And he was a pillar of fire by night. So you have the abiding presence leading you and guiding you. You just got to follow the cloud. You've got to follow where the presence of God is. You want me to leave my job? What? I'm about to take you somewhere else. You want me to start a church? Okay, let me follow. It's not something that you want to do. But if you stay there and the cloud is already gone over here. Elijah, this was nice. I need you to go see a widow at Serapath. Because here's the thing. You stay in a place too long and your favor runs out. 
Oh, my God. Stay at a place too long. Favor runs out. When God is telling you to move along, you better move along. Because guess what? If Elijah stays at the brook and thinking that's going to keep coming from the brook, he's going to die. I hope you caught that. If he stays by the brook, he's going to die. If you stay at the brook after the point of provision has dried up, you will die. You will die spiritually there. That's why it amazes me how people stay at these dead, dry churches. It just amazes me. It just amazes me. It amazes me that people stay there. They can complain about their churches and all that stuff. They don't do this, this, and that, and this, that. And they stay in them. You are not as you are not as better as no one else there. Because guess what? You stay in there. And guess what? You dying spiritually because you are at uh, you are at belly button Baptist church. That's what you're doing. Doesn't do anything for you. People go to these churches. It is amazing to me. They talk about them. They say they ain't getting this. They say they're not getting that. But they decide to stay there. It makes no sense. If you're not getting the provision, you need to go find somewhere that you're going to get nourishment. Are you hearing me tonight? Number two, let me rush. We have courage to do great exploits because we have the abiding presence of the Spirit of God in us. In us, say, God is within me. Come on, say it like you mean. God is within me. All right, all right. Watch this. Let me let me show you something. It's found in First John chapter two, verse First um, John chapter two, verse twenty-seven. Here it is. But the anointing which you have received from Him abides in you, and you do not need that anyone teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things and is true and is not a lie, and just as it has taught, taught you, you will abide in him. Listen to me. John says it like this. Oh, I did put it up here. The anointing, <laughs> the anointing that you have received. Now, what is John talking about? He's talking about the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. The third person in the Godhead, the one that Jesus says in the book of John, that there is another helper that's coming. There's another advocate that is coming that when, when he comes, he will lead you. When somebody's leading you, that means they're guiding you. He's going to lead you and guide you into all truth. When he comes, the Bible says in, in Acts chapter 1 verse 8 that you shall receive power once the Holy Spirit shall have come upon you. So what Moses is telling them is do not fear and do not be afraid because that anointing that rests on my life, Joshua, is about to rest in your life. Hallelujah. The anointing that was on me, that was, oh my God, that God used me to split open the Red Sea. The same anointing that God placed on my life to talk to Pharaoh and to tell him to let my people go is the same anointing that is in you now, Joshua. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. You can chase devils out of your home. You can chase them out because the same anointing is on you tonight. The same power, the same anointing. Jesus said it, that I've given you power to trample over snakes and scorpions. Giving you power. You have power, this dunamis power. You cannot do anything without the Holy Spirit. If you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, then that means that you're living a life that is not full of the supernatural operating in your life. When you are filled with the Spirit of God, you can do the supernatural. You can do great exploits because His Spirit is on the inside of you. The reason why the apostles and they said these are the men that turned this place upside down. The reason why they said that is because these men walked in authority. They walked with power. They walked with the spirit of God in them. They didn't walk with fear. They didn't walk with timidity. The days of fear and timidity was over for them once the spirit of God came on them. Because the Bible says that I've not given you a spirit of fear. I haven't given you a spirit of timidity. I've given you power, love, and a sound mind. That's the power that you walk in. That's the power that you carry. That's the, that's the anointing. The anointing breaks yokes. That's the anointing that's going to destroy yokes. That's the anointing that's going to destroy the works of the devil. He said, I've got that anointing. You should say, I have that anointing. I have that anointing. The Bible said the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is the same power that lives on the inside of you. I've got anointing, curse-breaking power on the inside of me. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I won't be defeated. I will never lose a battle because the Spirit of God is in me. I got the power to begin to speak things as though they, oh my God, are not into the existence. Hallelujah. You're seeing things doormat in your life, begin to speak and do something to it. Hallelujah. That's what you have. You have the power of God. The same power resting you. Give me number three. Moses begins to tell them, look, I don't need you to be afraid, nor be dismayed. Don't be afraid or fearful of what you, do, what you see. Yeah. Randy, you said in the beginning of the year, every seat going to be filled. We in the sixth month now. Where are they at? I ain't tripping. I'm not timid. The word of the Lord will perform. Hallelujah. And it's going to happen by the end of this year. You watch. I don't got to worry about it because guess what? God, that's why here's what Moses is saying. Don't you be afraid of what you see because guess what? The presence, I can be, I can have a lot of courage because of the presence of the spirit of God goes before me. You do not understand. And this is what I'm coming to understand. Listen here. When, the, when Nehemiah prayed to God, and when Nehemiah prayed to God, he prayed this prayer. He said, Lord, if I found faith, in your sight then allow me to find favor with the king and what Nehemiah didn't understand is while he was praying that prayer God was already working on the king's heart let me tell you something there's certain things that you are praying but you haven't seen yet but God is already working on the people's heart God is already moving on that oh my God moving on your on your supervisor God is already moving on the behalf of somebody to bless your life God is already moving when you don't see it 
hallelujah God is doing things that you don't see when Abraham was going up to Mount Sinai to bring up his son Isaac Isaac said where's the sacrifice there and I then Abraham said don't worry about it he said the Lord will provide come on somebody I don't gotta worry about it even though I don't see it I already know God has gone before me and while I'm climbing up Mount Sinai there's a ram climbing up it too and I know oh my god let me stop he said the Lord goes before me hallelujah I don't got nothing to fear God goes before me God has already gone before me God has already worked things up before I get there when you come in contact with blessings that blessing was already taken care of because guess what that's why I love God because God is not bound by time God lives outside of time and you know what God does God steps in the time goes before you and already works things out before you get there hallelujah hallelujah some of you in this room God is already working out debt cancellation for your student loan and you don't even see it God already is providing for your student loan to be taken care of hallelujah for some of you, you want to go back to school God has already provided for that hallelujah and when you get that blessing all you're doing is stepping into what God has already done blessings are nothing more blessings are nothing more when you step into it blessings are nothing more than what was already ordained to meet you right there <laughs> hallelujah it was already ordained to meet you there it was already worked out there that's why you got to keep walking that's why you got to keep moving let me tell you something the enemy doesn't know the future he doesn't know the future like God knows the future for your life. Hallelujah. The enemy is not all knowing. But what he knows, he knows enough about God that if you get connected with him, he knows what it can do for your life. And so his job is to assassinate. His job is to utterly kill you. His job is to destroy you. His God is, oh my God, his job is to muddy up your, oh my God, muddy up and try to put obstacles and obstacles position in your way to keep you from going to where you need to go when Nehemiah got the call to build the building guess what he he faced some opposition but it doesn't matter about the opposition you're currently facing because God has already went before him and guess what it can't stop the completion of the building God, oh God let me tell you something tonight that he that begun a good work in you shall complete it till the day of Christ let me tell you something though he may try to bring opposition God is going to complete the work in your life. God is going to complete what he started in your life. You are not going to fall. You are not going to come down. Because guess what? The God of Israel, he will withhold you with his right hand. You will not be dismayed. If you go through the river, he will be there. You go through the fire, he'll be there. He's gone before you. Isaiah 45 verse 2. The Bible makes it clear. I will go before you and make the crooked places huh? i want you to look at your path i want you to see every look thing that looks crooked to you I want you to begin to witness everything that may not seem that it makes all sense to you. I want you to look at it and say, God, 
has already gone before me and he's already taken out the kinks to the plan God is already making your path straight all you got to do is keep walking up the path hallelujah the more you walk the straighter it becomes hallelujah the more you walk the straighter your path becomes the smoother it becomes I'm not saying that you won't face no opposition I'm just telling you the more you walk the smoother it becomes said I'm gonna make your crooked places and he did what I'm going before you the Bible says goodness and mercy follows me all the days of my life God is with you He's in you. He's gone before you. Moses was letting them know, listen, you just need to show up and fight. Some of you in here are scared to fight. You're scared to fight. You're scared to go and show up to the battle. The battle's already been won, but it can't be won if you don't show up. If you don't show up to it, you're pretty much announcing your defeat. If you don't stand up to Goliath, you are announcing your defeat. David was the only one bold and courageous enough to say, you know what, who is this Philistine? Who is this man? He talking bad about the people of Israel. God's kids. My thing about it is you, to you. What is the thing that is intimidating you that you are not showing up to fight. The reality is this. If you fight, you're not fighting alone. Get it out of your mind now. You're not fighting alone. TCF, we are not fighting alone. We are not alone. We are not alone. God is with us telling you God is with us stand to your feet God is with you he's with you lay hands on your heart lay hands on your heart say God you're with me Believe it. Believe it right now. God, you're with me. You'll never leave me.